Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, February 16th, 5.06 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. I'm a little bit early today. I've got places to go. I will be at the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville uh, later today. Hope to see some of you guys there. We've got March corn futures down one and a half at 6.74 and three quarters. March soybeans down three at 15.22 and three quarters. March Chicago wheat down three and a half at 7.65 and three quarters. March Kansas City wheat up two at 8.96 and a half. March spring wheat up two and three quarters at 9.27 and a half. All sorts of headlines circulating yesterday regarding bird flu in South America. Argentina and Uruguay uh, confirmed cases of bird flu yesterday. Brazil has not detected any cases to this point. Uh, Previously, bird flu had been detected in some neighboring countries, Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador. The cases were discovered in wild birds and not in commercial poultry facilities. Bird flu has been a big problem um, around the world. There was a U.S. outbreak last year, and there's still issues in the U.S. that wiped out millions of uh, chickens in commercial poultry facilities. So if you were to have a spread into these commercial facilities in South America, that could absolutely result in some lost feed demand, which could be a big problem. I don't think this is a big deal uh, right here and now, but certainly something to be aware of and something to monitor as we move forward here. U.S. ethanol production improved last week. Weekly output 1.014 million barrels per day. That was up 1.4% on the week and up 0.4% versus the same week last year. Last week's production number in, in terms of ethanol was pretty similar seasonally to both last year and also 2019. Ethanol stocks were up sharply. They were up 3.8% at 25.3 million barrels. That is a little bit lower than last year, but it's the second highest level on record seasonally for ethanol ethanol stocks again behind only last year. U.S. ethanol production margins are mixed to positive in areas of the central and eastern corn belt, while margins in the west are mostly negative, again, due to strong corn bases and a strong cash corn market. Gasoline demand is kind of soft. I think that's why you're seeing this build in ethanol stocks, and that could be a long-term problem for ethanol uh, if those stocks remain high enough and the demand for gasoline doesn't bounce back. We also had a crush report out yesterday. This is the National Oilseed Processors Association, or NOPA. NOPA members crushed 179 million bushels of soybeans in January. That print was below the average trade gas of 181.7, but was actually up for the first time in three months. Uh, I think some of that severe weather that we saw during the late part of December may have carried into January and impacted activity at some processing plants. U.S. crush margins are strong, so I don't think that uh, they missed the mark because of margins. USDA projects that domestic processors or crushers will account for 51% of all demand for U.S. soybeans this year. Uh, Given this lower number, we're going to need to see some uh, strength here moving forward to hit USDA's crush target, which is very much doable. Soybean oil stocks rose for a fourth consecutive month, but were a little bit lower than expectations. We've got some snow and rain moving across some portions of the drought-stricken U.S. plains this morning. I don't know what the amounts or totals will be, but northern Kansas 
a good chunk of Nebraska um, into Iowa. They've got some snow, some rain. If you guys have any overnight totals, uh, let me know. I'm not sh- I'm not sure that this was expected to bring a whole lot, uh, but I know that any sort of precipitation in those areas in particular are welcome. And then you've got kind of a separate system that's going across, you know, Arkansas into Missouri, Illinois. Uh, we had some nasty winds, thunder, lightning, all that st- sort of stuff here in Middle Tennessee overnight up into uh, Indiana. So some more precipitation there. When you look at the next seven days, I mean, the vast majority majority of the accumulation is going to be in uh, you know places like the southeast, into Tennessee, Kentucky, into uh, Ohio, places like that, a little bit of Illinois, Indiana, uh, the southern plains, uh, western Corn Belt, which is where we really need precipitation, are, will be uh, much drier by comparison here over the next week. Russia hit Ukraine with multiple missile strikes overnight. Ukrainian officials say that half of the 32 Russian missiles were intercepted. That's a lower rate of interception than usual. Most of the targets were in eastern areas where Russia is trying to advance. Russia has uh, intensified ground attacks in recent weeks. A lot of analysts believe that a major new Russian offensive is, is on the horizon as the one-year anniversary of the initial invasion approaches. Wheat futures rallied, I think, on some of this escalation here um, the last week or two. They reverted lower the last couple of days. We're mixed here this morning. So this is you know, something that's potentially an issue if the escalation uh, uh, does, in fact, come to fruition and disrupts wheat exports in any way, shape, or form. Now, speaking of wheat exports... Russia's wheat exports are expected to be record large. Well-followed private group Sov Econ increased its projection for Russian wheat exports. They're up to 44.2 million metric tons, which is very close to USDA's estimate of 43.5. This news uh, comes despite Russian complaints that the Black Sea grain deal has hindered Russia's ability to ship grain, which uh, doesn't seem like they're having any problem here given these sort of estimates. Now, Russia is projected to be the world's top wheat exporter this year. And and it's for this reason that I think an escalation in the Black Sea is potentially a risk for the wheat market. And we've talked about Ukraine wheat exports and corn exports, and, and we had a stoppage there for a moment in time from February last year through July when they signed the grain deal. If you were to get a bad enough escalation and say there's some sort of nuclear incident, say they stop shipping wheat out of the Black Sea, that would be tremendously friendly because, again, Russia is the world's top wheat exporter. That's not a prediction for me, but you got to assume that that risk is on the table given everything that we know about the Black Sea situation. The International Energy Agency, or IEA, is pretty optimistic in regard to China's reopening. The agency boosted its forecast for global oil demand amid the reopening following nearly three years of COVID lockdowns. Uh, They said this in a report. China's reopening will give a welcome boost to the listless world economy. The country is set to resume its established role as the primary engine of world oil demand growth. So the agency is projecting that global oil supplies will remain in a surplus during the first half of this year due to strong output from Russia, but that the second half of the year could bring deficits. Uh, The agency thinks that Western sanctions on Russia paired with the Chinese reopening could drastically tighten oil supplies during the second half of this year. Uh, We've discussed the oil market on here quite a bit. It's a bear market in my view. The damn thing just can't hold a rally. It does rally. It'll go above 80 bucks. It moves back lower. Uh, Maybe that changes, but for the moment, I mean, oil market's not acting real well. U.S. retail sales improved drastically in January, better than expected. 
Retail sales rose 3% uh, in January, well above any of the Wall Street expectations. They were looking for like 1.9. On a year-over-year basis, retail sales were up 6.4%, which is in line with the most recent CPI inflation print. Uh, Bill Adams, chief economist at Comerica Bank, said this. The monthly reports on industrial production, retail sales, and jobs were generally better than expected and point to a pickup in economic activity in early 2023 after a soft patch in late 2022. The Fed will read recent activity reports as supporting plans for additional interest rate increases in the first half of the year. Uh, The S&P 500 closed with marginal gains yesterday despite these additional Fed fears or uh, uh, ideas regarding more interest rate hikes from the Fed. So I don't know. uh, Like I mentioned earlier this week, maybe the stock market's at the point here where we kind of uh, climbed the wall of worry. I think the uh, charts look a little bit better. Looks like the economy's holding together. It, It just it looks to me like the the odds of the Fed achieving a soft landing. And a soft landing involves raising rates, taming inflation without pushing us into a recession. Looks like the odds of that are honestly a little bit better than uh, anybody would have guessed, say, uh, you know, six months or a year ago. We've got an export sales report out this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Corn sales for the current marketing year expected 600 to 1.2. Soybeans 400 to 800. Wheat sales expected 150 to 450. Cattle market was mixed in live cattle, uh, mixed to higher in feeder cattle yesterday. There was some cash cattle reported, I think mostly light volumes. 159, as good as 162. The U.S. dollar is a little bit lower this morning. The S&P is down four points. The Dow Jones down 30, pretty quiet in the stocks. Crude oil up 19 cents in the March WTI at 78.78. Have a great day today, guys. I will talk to you on Friday.